Hello and welcome to WeChats. First of all, we want to thank everyone for tuning in to our podcast and hope you enjoy this first edition with more to come. Our mission is to create a place of reunion and fun for Scottish culture lovers in Mexico and continue the great tradition of this society founded in 1893. We'll have all sorts of different people invited to the show, but all brought together by the same love of Scotland. We hope you have a good time, enjoy it, and maybe even learn a thing or two along the way. Welcome to this brand new podcast, brought to you by the St. Andrew Society of Mexico. We have created this space to keep everyone up to date with the different activities we're planning, plus fun, educational and informative facts about Scottish and Mexican culture, with our different hosts and guests. My name is Tania Fuentes. I am the current chiefess of the St. Andrew Society and I'll be your host. So, let's get started! On today's episode, we would like to welcome a man who has done more for Scottish culture in Mexico than anyone else. He has been a long-time member of the society. Plus, he founded the first pipes and drums band in Mexico, called Banda de Gaitas del Batallón de San Patricio. Please welcome Rafael Gutierrez. Oh, thank you, Tania, Chief. <laughs> Good morning. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure to be here, and uh, hope that uh, that we we can. Uh, that we can uh, give some good a good interview for for the audience out there in the on the web or in the hyper cyberspace <laughs> great so for us it's an honor to have you here as well oh no it's an honor for me well you you need no introduction you know like everyone in the society knows you and we're so happy to have you here so we have some questions for you uh so wh why don't we start um by asking, how did it, everything start? How did you first learn of the society? How, how did you get involved in all this? Uh, yeah, funny, funny and interesting, interesting is uh, that my brother and I, my brother, as you all know, uh, Pepe, Pepe is, a, is a major dance instructor of the society and of the dance corps. And he's also the drum major in the band. He and I, when we were young, very, have always been interested in For some reason, for some unknown reason, we were always interested in in the in Scottish culture, uh, specifically pipe bands and uh, and the kilts and the history behind all, all this. Um, so uh, one day I was I was at the Anglo where I, I was doing my uh, exams for the um, for a University of Cambridge uh, test or exam there at the Anglo. Uh, I saw an ad uh, of the society that were uh, publicizing an event, which I think was a uh, Kaylee or, or it could have been some kind of presentation they were, uh, they were showing in, uh, I think it was Cuernavaca in Jardín Borda. So that was the first time we, uh, we went to an event and, um, and that was, must've been 1980 or yeah, we were, we were both in school, st still in school. So we took the, The car to Cuernavaca, and uh, and saw and saw this dance exhibition. But I was very disappointed that they didn't have any pipers. They they were using recorded music in those days, <laughs> or a Kaylee band for that matter. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> and it doesn't feel the same, right? With live music. It's not the same without live music, exactly. But it was fun, so we we uh, and that's how we we. Uh, got engaged with the society and, and, uh, and we, uh, we started attending the, in those days, the big thing was every week we had a dance practice at, uh, at a, an English school that was in Polanco. It was a Cambridge school of English that would lend its, its facilities, its patio and its cafeteria on Wednesday nights. I think it was, it was kind of a pub night or Kaylee night or, That wasn't really a case. It was more of a dance dance session, and uh, similar to what they have now on Sundays. But in those days, it was a very it was a very social thing, and, and there was lots of people that would that would attend. It was a different city in those days, Mexico City, where you could get you could get across a, you could drive a bit more easily across the city. <laughs> Nowadays, it would probably be impossible during the week. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's why we have it on Sundays, right? Yeah, exactly. Make it a bit easier. So, well, was that what 
like gave you the idea of starting the the band the lack of like live music there at the events or how did you get involved or interested in backpipe playing yeah well i always i was always interested in, in pipes and i would i wanted to learn and that that's why i was so disappointed when i saw they didn't have any any pipers or any live uh, live live uh, music um so i mean we started by just doing the the dancing but uh that was a way of of getting to know how the process worked and uh and it um it uh it developed into well after there was the Mex the mexico world cup the world the, the football world cup in 1986 uh where there was a, a huge band that came that came from scotland uh, the british caledonian airways pipe band and uh and that's how i uh, started to know people from the piping world and of course that's where I met uh, who would later become my, my main instructor you now pipe major Angus Macdonald because he was with the band that came over uh, from Scotland and that uh, that event which was a historic event for for piping in Mexico. Wow so how did you like get started with it how did it all begin? Well it in 1986, there was uh, there was a Scottish uh, couple that lived here in Mexico, Graham Caulfield and Eileen Caulfield. Um, he was a piper, and in fact, he was a, he had been a piper with the band that had recorded with Paul McCartney, you know, the Mall of Kintyre, uh, the Campbellton Pipe Band uh, from Scotland. Well, I love that song, and the video is brilliant. I just love it. Well, he was with the band that recorded that 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 uh, that. Um, that song with uh, with Paul McCartney back in I think it was 1974, 1975. I can't remember, but anyway, he was my very very first instructor. Um, I mean, I, I started to I, I asked um, one of our members of the society, David Shepherd, to bring me a practice chanter and a and a and a tutor book, and that's how I started with with Graham Caulfield. I, I used to go to his house. He lived in Quajimalpa, and it was a long ride up there from where I was. And um, which was near Escandon, Condesa. So, so that's how I started, and and then eventually I uh, I um, I decided that I should take it more seriously, and that's when I started to attend the College of Piping in in Scotland. I bought myself a set of bagpipes, and and I started to go for lessons every summer uh, from 1989, 1990, I think it was, and um, and uh, that's where I re I remit. Uh, I again encountered with a uh, pipe major Angus McDonald, who was uh, the, one of the instructors there, and uh, and started to attend. I would stay most summers, like two months, one month and a half. Sometimes I would go during the winter. So it was we took it very seriously, apparently, <laughs> uh, because one of the things that I was always on my mind was that um, that uh, if we're going to do this here in Mexico, we should do it properly and uh, and uh, and attain a certain level of, of musical excellence uh, because we didn't want you know for it to do something half-heartedly start doing it and 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 not really become any good at it uh, and in order to because one thing that pipe major angus mcdonald told me was you know he said you should learn properly because you're going to teach many people in Mexico. And I couldn't believe that. I thought he was joking and, and, and actually it, it became true. <laughs> so it was, it was, it was, it was, he was a good teacher and a, and a good friend. That's great. And that's related to the next question. So was it hard to start a band in Mexico? What were the challenges that you faced? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, I mean, it was, it came about a bit by accident. I mean, we didn't really have the intention of starting a band. It was just that there was this company, uh, whiskey company in Mexico in those days that that wanted some pipers to for their marketing campaign. So the people we were teaching, I mean, in those days, I, I already started to teach around 1992. I, st I started with my first students. And um, so we we kind of gathered the students we had and started a pipe band. And, that's, that's, and we were very lucky because this whiskey company would sponsored us and uh, and they provided uh, uniforms they provided some instruments especially the drums that we didn't have 
So they they purchased that for us, and uh, and that's how we we started. So it was, I think we were lucky, and it was fairly easy to uh, to start the band. The difficult part was to continue it afterwards. The that marketing campaign had had, had finished. You no, know, it was uh, because they not they not only provided uniforms and and um, and instruments. I mean, and, and drums. They also provided. Um, well, I asked. And and they provide and they 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 agreed to finance um, uh, instructors to come to Mexico. So we did a couple of uh, of uh, workshops and, uh, and seminars with uh, with some very good pipers, including Eric Riggler, who you might know as the piper who plays on soundtracks like Titanic and uh, Braveheart and that sort of thing. So he's he's a good friend a friend of ours, and and he. He was the first instructor to come over to, to help us out when we start. We were starting the band, so it was it was you know it was a, it was an easy start. But then the challenge was to continue, because of course you have people that come in that, that join the band and then they leave because they either move away or they, they or they get they get bored or they get fed up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I mean I think we managed to de- devise a system where we would have a continuous flow of, of people because now at this moment, uh, and I mean, after we started the band, I wasn't the only one teaching. There was the, the other guys who had joined the band who started also to teach. And, uh, and that way we have a continuous flow of, of, of eager young, young guys and young, young men and young women to that, that, uh, that play and that also become instructors themselves. So how many people are there in the band right now? Well, at the moment, I think we have 10, 10 pipers and seven or eight drummers. Uh, we started out with, we were actually four pipers and two drummers. That's how we started in 1992, 93. And, uh, and of course, we've had many pipers. And I mean, if, if, if nobody had left the band, I think we would, now we would have 30 pipers and, and 20 or 30 drummers. But of course, there's a, the usual turnover of, of people that, uh, that happens in any band. And, and we have a, a, a specific challenge that, that here in Mexico, we're very far away from the, the piping communities, the main piping communities, which, of course, the nearest to us would be the United States, where there's, you know, some very big piping communities in California, in New York, in that, that part. And of course, Canada, which is a major, major hub in major hub of, of piping. Uh, so we're quite, we, we're quite distanced uh, from that, of course. And we, in those days, we didn't have the technology we have today. Like I'm, I'm talking to you right now through this uh, the, the technology, technological application of, of Zoom or other, and we didn't have that in those days. So it was very difficult. We did, we did have, we had either to go to, to one of these places to get instruction or have an instructor come over and teach here in Mexico, so um, so we managed to 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 develop a fairly reasonable uh, standard of music, and and nowadays, of course, the band is known uh, not only in Mexico but also in Scotland and Canada and the United States for its its high level of of musicality and uh, and innovation uh, as far as uh, as piping music goes in spite of being so far away. But the upside is that the band has given you the opportunity to travel a lot, hasn't it? Well, yes, absolutely. I mean, we've, we've, we've traveled quite a bit. Uh, we've been very lucky that uh, we've, we've uh, we already did three competitions in Canada. The band has gone three times to the North American championships, which are in Maxville, uh, Ontario, which is near, you could say it's halfway between Ottawa and, um, in Montreal, and we've done the Montreal Highland Games also, and of course we've done the World Championships in in Glasgow once. It's that was a major project, and of course it's it's a very it's a very it's a it's very challenging because of course you need to to have a big run uh, fundraising uh, uh, campaign to to finance for the for a band of let's say twenty people to to go over to Scotland, and. Um, but we also, we've been very lucky that we've also done a lot of events that they've taken the band over, like we've done the St. Patrick's Day Parade in Dublin, in Ireland. Uh, we've done 
uh, the Lorient, the Festival Interceltique, which is the biggest Celtic festival in the world in Lorient in, in Brittany in France. And there we were very privileged because we, uh, we, did, uh, we did a concert with the chieftains with whom we had recorded a year or a couple of years earlier uh, with their, in their album, San Patricio. Uh -huh. so, uh, so yeah, we've been very lucky. We played at other events like um, uh, the Mexican uh, Independence Parade in, in Los Angeles, California. There we were invited and, and, uh, and uh, hosted by the, the Mexican consulate and, uh, in, in Los Angeles. And yeah, yeah, we've done quite a bit of, uh, of traveling. We've traveled, of course, all over Mexico, all over Mexico and all kinds of festivals and, and events, uh, including the major events like um, the Festival Cervantino and the um, Festival de Musica de Morelia. And, and yeah, we've done quite, quite a bit. We've been all over Mexico from, all the way from Yucatan to the north in Tijuana. That sounds very exciting. Yeah, and it, it is a, it is quite it's quite fun when you're when you're traveling as a group and it's because the band now, nowadays of course has become more of a family, and uh, so they always enjoy enjoy traveling, and of course it's it's a great times that we've had and experiences especially you know when we've we've we've, we've played at uh, we've been uh, at a reception given to the band by the president of of Ireland in in Dublin in the official residence in, in Dublin. I, I can't pronounce the name of the official residence because it's in Gaelic, Irish Gaelic, so I, I wouldn't attempt to <laughs> pronounce it, but it's, it's the, in English, it's the official president's house in, in, in Dublin, which is in, um, in this uh, Phoenix Park in, in Dublin. Well, I know it's really hard to answer the next one, but what are your proudest moments in piping, if you had to choose? Uh, if I had to choose, probably, yeah, you know, the proudest moment I, ha I have is uh, marching across that drawbridge at Edinburgh Castle uh, during the Edinburgh Military Tattoo or the Royal Edinburgh Military Tattoo, uh, which I did. And the prou even prouder when I did it along with three other guys from Mexico, two, two more pipers and a drummer uh, from, the, from our band, that when we were, sele we were selected to, to take part in the... Uh, in the Edinburgh military tattoo in 19, in, sorry, in 2017. Um, the, uh, there's, a, there's a project with, with there's a house, the house band of the tattoo, which is the Piper's Trail. Uh, they select uh, members from all parts of the world. There's an audition process. And, uh, and so that year we were very fortunate to have been selected, very honored and privileged to have been selected we were four people from Mexico and that was the, the biggest group of uh, foreign players outside Scotland. I mean, the biggest group of course was, was, or Scottish uh, players, but outside Scotland or, or the UK, there was uh, the group from Mexico was the biggest one, even bigger than the one from Australia or, uh, or New Zealand. And, um, and yeah, so it, that was a, that was, I think for me, what, the proudest moment and probably of course uh, receiving um, very humbling experience to receive the, uh, the, the BEM, the British Empire Medal from Her Majesty the Queen for services to Scottish music and culture. That was another, another I think, uh, out, uh, outstanding moment, which, I mean, at first, when you, when you, when you find out that you've been awarded this, uh, you say, well, I don't think I deserve it. I mean, there's a lot of people behind that probably are more deserving, but anyway, it's a, it's a huge honor and, and a huge privilege and, and a humbling experience too. To receive that uh, for our for the the work either big or small that we've we've done for for piping in mexico so yeah i think i think those would be the two the two main there would be many many moments i mean uh playing at the uh, at the irish president's residence etc you know we we've, we've done quite a bit of wow that's amazing that seems like you know like very uh, amazing experiences you've had with with the band um, can you tell us more about like that experience uh, at the tattoo? Like, is it surprising for for people from other countries to find that you come from Mexico? Is it like um, unexpected? Yeah, because it, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're right because it's it's uh, the bagpipes are still a very exotic 
instrument in Mexico. I mean, it's it's not a common thing to find in Mexico. So even when you're when you're traveling and you're playing uh, abroad, like when you go to Scotland and you go to Edinburgh Tattoo, they're quite all they're always very surprised to see. And of course, you have all these tourists, out, uh, uh, you know, outside Edinburgh Castle. Or when because of course the band not only did the tattoo but the band also does the um, several concerts outside the tattoo like going to the piping live uh, uh, festival in, in Glasgow and of course people approach you and they want to take a picture with, with you and then they're very surprised that the one of the, the some of us are from Mexico so yeah it's 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 quite a kick to uh, to be doing that and, uh, and and as I said I mean it's it's a huge a huge honor and privilege because of course you're 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 in this, this competition you could say to to when you audition and you you have to send your application and you have to send a recording a video a video recording of of tunes that they've sent you previously uh the music they send out uh, a few months before this happens and uh, and then they select you because in that that year i remember we there was about there was about 180 applicants uh, to join this this band, and then only forty five got selected. So yeah, I think it's uh, and of course you're playing with with uh, you know very upstanding and, and outstanding uh, pipers and drummers from especially from you know from Scotland and uh, and and the UK. Uh, you have people who are absolutely amazing amazing pipers and leaders. I mean our pipe major is is uh, is uh, is one of the the main players. He's from Australia, but he 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 lived in in Scotland. By Major uh, Alistair Alistair McLaren, and um, he used to play with the Field Marshal Montgomery Pipe Band of uh, Northern Ireland, which are the, were the world champions. I mean, they're uh, of and in terms of pipe bands, and so yeah, it's uh, it's amazing because yeah, you get to to play alongside the, these uh, these uh, outstanding players and. And then it's a, it's another it's another family there that because then of course we've come we've gone back and that's another big big uh, plus of being part of the Piper's Trail is you you do not only the tattoo but you do uh, I was privileged enough with another guy from the band to to perform at a music festival in Germany uh, also in in 2017 um, this would be the Bundeswehr music music fest I think it was called. It was a, a kind of a tattoo, but it was a German tattoo. So it had a diff different kinds of, of things. And, but of course, the other very proud moment is that in this, in this, this time, we were not representing Mexico. We were representing the Royal Edinburgh Military Tattoo of, of Scotland in, in Germany. So that's another inter interesting, uh, interesting moment. Uh, uh, and of course, last year we, we did, uh, well, I did, the uh, Royal Edinburgh Military Tattoo, but the special performance that was organized in, in Sydney, Australia. Once in a while, they do the tattoo in, in, in different uh, parts, and especially in Australia, and they've also done it in New Zealand. And the idea is for, for the tattoo to, to, uh, to organize performances in other, in other countries. So hopefully one day we might have it, we might have the tattoo in Mexico. That would be amazing. Uh -huh, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> We're working on it. And let's go to the other side, uh, to the downside. What was like the worst moments you've gone through? Maybe not miserable, but funny. Or what was the worst thing that has happened? Worst moments. Well, I think there have been many, many worst moments. There have been many, many, many uh, interesting and probably funny or, uh, uh, as you say, there's, there's sometimes there are downsides to, to this. Uh, well, one of them was when I was playing in full kit. I mean, this full dress uniform on top of some scaffolding in uh, in a disco in in Santiago in Chile. Uh, there was it was some kind of event, a special event, but it was being broadcast on the TV. And there was all sorts of different different uh, musical and uh, and circus numbers. It was very weird. It was a weird event. But anyway, they had me playing on top of this scaffolding which I had to climb one of these ladders uh, and climbing a ladder with pipes in one hand and a full dress, you know, with a feather bonnet and everything. That was, was a bit, uh, it was a bit, bit touch and go. So I could have easily fallen on top of one. <laughs> oh, I think it was something with some, some models, the Berlin models, which was a group of young ladies from, from Germany that were doing some kind of special 
presentation in Santiago. So anyway, I was I was put up there and uh, it was it was a touch and go, but it, it was it was interesting. <laughs> the other probably another very um, let's say miserable because it was miserable with with rain was when the band one of the I think last time we competed in 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 Canada in Montreal. Um, the moment we the band went up to play. It was absolutely pouring. I mean, there was no way you could get out of it. There was no way to like, okay, let's stop because they don't stop the competition midway, be, and, and you know, midway in, in the in the program. They you just have to go on, and so it was absolutely. We were absolutely drenched. Uh, you know, we were wearing the summer uniforms. They were all the water was went through, and the water went into the drones. But in spite of that, we actually ended up placing fourth fourth in the in the competition we probably if, if we hadn't had the rain we'd probably been better positioned but still we, we got a prize which was fourth fourth place they usually usually uh, reward the the first four in in that type of competition and we got first prize in uh and drum the bass drumming section uh -huh, bass and, and what, what they call the midsection which is the bass drum and the tenor drummers so it was interesting that although we we were completely uh drenched in, in water. Yeah, but I was going to ask you, like, doesn't the water affect the instruments? Or... Yes, yes, it does. Uh, I mean, it, it, because of, of the, the moisture, I mean, the, the pipes usually go far lower in pitch. Um, but, uh, but I mean, well, in spite of that, we did manage to. Uh, but it affected most bands that were playing that day. But, but the band that got the most rain was, was us. <laughs> that, that was us. <laughs> bad timing yeah so it was bad timing yeah but it was fun and after it was a good it was a good event because afterwards you had montreal is is famous for its beer tent the montreal highland games is famous for its beer tent and uh, once the competitions are over it's uh it relax you relax there and the band that goes up and plays inside the beer tent and uh, they usually get free beer tickets so uh and and the band that year did a, a quite a good because we, quite a good show because we also played our, our Mexican tunes, you know, like the Mexican hat dance and we played the Cielito Lindo and, and La Raspa. And it was immensely popular. Everybody was, was very happy to, and, and I think that's where the band started to, to, to set its, its, its prestige uh, to, for, uh, for putting on a good show, which we later did. We repeated that kind of thing. And when we did the piping live, when the band went to compete in the world championships uh, the, the week previous to the world championships in Glasgow, they have the piping life festival. And uh, of course the band, the band uh, played at the festival and playing, you know, alongside uh, you go alongside uh, Buchanan street, you know, close to the, um, the Royal, uh, the Glasgow Royal concert hall outside. And we played again, we played the Mexican tunes and, and people seem to enjoy that very much. <laughs> can imagine yeah so and besides the music and you know the piping what's your other favorite aspect of like scottish culture in general like the food or what what's your favorite well yeah i, I guess yes well i mean i enjoy very much going to scotland and and just going out you know in the in the out in the country out in the, you know go hiking out in the mountains and the even though that it usually rains it's uh but i i enjoy very much the the pub atmosphere you know that that when you have live musical groups and even if i'm not playing i mean i just like to go and enjoy that that's what they like what they call uh a kaylee session or a, or a, or a musical musical session um i like the food particularly I enjoy haggis, even though a lot of people don't <laughs> enjoy haggis. I really enjoy haggis. And, and if you eat it in, in I have a, a favorite pub in, in Glasgow, which is the Drum and Monkey, um, which you probably know. It's on mm -hmm. St. Vincent Street and uh, very near St. George's, uh, not uh, George Square, uh, very near George Square. And it's um, and the haggis they prepare there, it's, it's quite, quite good. So, uh, but uh, of course, I think I enjoy most a uh, full Scottish breakfast, including haggis, bacon, black pudding, potato cakes, etc., etc. You know, the full, as they say, the full enchilada, even without the enchilada. 
I like it. I like, like Scottish food. And whiskey, of course. <laughs> whiskey. Yes, but it's very weird the first time you try haggis, right? Because you know what it is, and it's like, oh, no, yeah. but once you try it, there's, there's no turning back. It's just so amazing. But I haven't tried it where you, where you say. Uh -huh. My favorite in a restaurant that's on Gordon Street near the university. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's called uh, Stravagan. Oh, yes, yeah, sure, sure, sure. And they, they have good haggis there. Very nice. They serve very nice haggis in there. Well... Of course, because you when you were you were there for a year, no? When you were studying at uh, Glasgow School uh, of Art, almost two years. Yeah, because almost well, two years. My masters lasted for a year, and then I did everything in my power to extend my to extend stay. your stay. So, and we have to interview you later. <laughs> we should do yeah, an interview with you afterwards. And I try to go like at least like once a year or every two years to see my friends. So yeah, yeah. I, I, excellent. I try to go back as often as I can. So, a bit difficult with a yeah. pandemic going on. I know, yeah. I know. So hopefully we can travel again next year. Yeah, I'm, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully we I can, miss we can go. Miss the Scottish rain. <laughs> you miss the Scottish rain. Yeah, we we uh, this this year the tattoo got cancelled uh, because of the pandemic, and uh, we would have had the, we would have had the last performance just this Saturday, um, but yeah, it was it was it was uh, suspended of course because of uh, the ongoing contingency lockdown to the pandemic so hopefully we'll 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 uh hopefully we'll do it again next and year how is it gonna work like the same audition tape and the same process of election is going to yeah you always have to yeah you know, when you when you want to do the one in edinburgh you always have to apply every year because there's such a huge demand of of players wanting to do to do the tattoo although i mean it's not that many because of course you need to commit for a full month, uh, it's a full month that you have to remain in Edinburgh. It's a week of rehearsals uh, previous to the, the first show, which is, which is the first days of, of August. So you have to have the full week before that. And then it's three weeks of performances. It's actually 25 performances. Um, so one every, it's one, one every night from Monday to Friday. And there's two on the Saturday. There's no performance on Sundays. But yeah, it's 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 quite a big commitment, and uh, and in order for you commit, you have to, of course, uh, you know you can't you can't work or you can't uh, study during that, and, and and of course that's a challenge for people who are studying. Like in Mexico, they're going to university. You, you start classes when um, in August, don't you? In the beginning of August. So it's just that's just when the tattoo is beginning. So it is it is it is a big challenge, and uh, you would definitely have to not work although nowadays with with uh, technology you, you still keep in touch through the uh answering emails during the day doing the tattoo at night we, there are some people that that we actually do that I, that's what i did when i was uh, i'm very unfortunate i have my own business so i i run ran everything from from, yeah, from like multitasking and then you like... just need a good internet yeah exactly what do you mean you just because of course the first week is a difficult one because you have full day um rehearsals it's uh start very early uh they they uh they uh you get lodged in uh U university of edinburgh halls of residence actually in, in pollock hall uh, which is near the city center but it's it's actually quite next to uh, if you people who know edinburgh you know there's a huge park where they have arthur seats with this mountain or this hill arthur seat and that's where that's near the uh, the uh, Pollock Halls, which is part of Edinburgh University. So you get you get and that's another good thing is you get of course accommodation for the full term of, of the of the run, the full run of the Edinburgh tattoo, including rehearsals. You get three meals a day plus the little uh, <clears throat> meals you get when you're resting during performances at the, at, at at the castle. Oh, and and that's uh, sponsored by the yeah it's all paid for by the uh, the tattoo yeah it's uh, let's say your your uh, room and board is is is, is paid for uh -huh. nice <laughs> and, it's, and it's quite good yeah and because the, the food is first class I mean it's uh, they do a very good job at the catering part of the Edinburgh University because Edinburgh University they open for tourists during the summer. So they get quite busy. So it is, uh, and the tattoo cast, we're about 1200 people. It's like, 
it's quite big, so you you have they have to have a very good and organized uh, catering service. So you have breakfast, usually starts at seven. Then you get lunch, which starts early, around midday. It's it's twelve twelve p.m. And then dinner's quite early because then you have to go. You have to get on the buses at five o'clock uh, to go that take you to the tattoo. I mean, they have special buses and they all travel in a convoy through the streets of Edinburgh uh, to get to the castle. So you have to get back into the castle, go up and, and you do the, the, what they, we, the warming up session with all the bands, which that's another interesting thing is when you have 300 pipers and drummers playing at the same time, it's quite, a, it's quite amazing and it's, it's a wonderful experience to be in the middle of that, that, uh, that uh, what they call the big blah, you know, the big blow, the, the big blow is when they all warm up, when we warm up together, we play all the tunes and, and they tell us how, how it should be done and, and what to change or what to emphasize, you know, because they're all, it's, this is all run by the, the, the military in, in the UK. So they're very strict, they're very strict with discipline, they're very strict with the marching and the, the dressing and the, and the, of course the, the kit, you know, kit with your uniform, you have to be, has to be spot on. And, uh, and that's another, another challenge. <laughs> so if you qualified for this year, uh, are they going to save your spot for next year since it's been postponed or? I'm not sure. I didn't, I didn't apply for, for this, for, you know, for this year, for 2020. Uh, I had a bit of, of work that I had to do. And I'm not sure I will be able to apply for next year. There's as, as, uh, several things that going on here at, at home that I need to take care of. I mean, I hope I can, I can apply. But, um, but I'm not sure how it worked if, if people who had applied for this year, uh, I imagine, and I think that's the way it's going to be that, that had been selected are going to be playing next year, but I'm not sure if they all, if all of them can, can do it again. So maybe they might, they might be a few spots for people who, who, uh, who didn't apply and would like to apply. But anyway, I'm, I'm not sure how it's going to, because it has, it is working that way with people who had tickets for the, for the performances. Uh, they could either get their ref they could you know they would refund if they wanted they could get a full refund uh, or if they preferred they could save that ticket and and attend next year's uh, performance they're still not sure how it's going to work next year because of all the the social distancing uh, because of course it's it's very tight in the castle esplanade and um, so they're not sure if they're actually going to be able to do it at the castle esplanade which would be a huge shame uh, um, because it's, a, of course, iconic for, for the bands to be playing, and for the performance to be taking place at Edinburgh Castle. They might do a, 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 a performance at a stadium, maybe Murrayfield. They, they've already mentioned this. Uh, the new uh, producer of the tattoo is um, Buster Howe, Gen Major General Buster Howe, who's uh, just took on the role of producer. It's still, they still don't know exactly what, how it's going to be, but they will, they will do something. In but it wouldn't be the same feeling, right, to have it elsewhere. No, absolutely. You know, I mean, that's, that's one of the, 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 the main attractions is, is going to, to Edinburgh Castle and, and feeling, because of course it's, it's very, let's say it's very intimate. You have a lot of, a lot of people, it's 8,000 people that uh, are there every night and it's usually, it's, it's always a, a, a sellout uh, performance season. 25 performances that already sold out previously. So it's, 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 a, it's a good, it's a good kick. Yeah, no, actually I've never attended uh, and it's like so no? frustrating. You were there two years and you no, never attended. No, no, I couldn't because it was always sold out. Like not only the event yeah. itself, but also the accommodation yeah. and everything and- Yeah, and everything. Yeah. And accommodation is very expensive during August and, and anywhere, it's, no, you can't find anything. What usually, if you're if you're in Glasgow, you what you usually do is you travel for the day and then come back in the, on the last train. That's uh, yeah, that that was a plan last year, but I don't I don't remember why we we didn't go. But anyway, that's yeah. one of like my frustrations that I, I really want to yeah. attend. Uh, well, in the bucket list, yeah, Tanya. List. So hopefully next year. <laughs> it'll be interesting uh, when we. Yeah. It will happen hopefully. Yeah. So, um, looking towards the future, what do you think are the challenges the Piper band will face like in the long term? 
Yeah, well, it's always it's always a challenge keeping the band going, keeping the guys in the band motivated. I think that's one of the main challenges. Uh, um, they always get, of course, motivation by just playing together, but it's actually very uh, a big motivation and uh, a big thing for them to to be going, you know, travel to travel to places like Scotland, to places like uh, Canada, etc. So the having looking at how you know usually get some funding from government uh, sources here in Mexico not always but we had been we have been um, lucky when we we did we did this trip to uh, to Ireland and, and and we did get you know we 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 were basically sponsored by the by the ministry of foreign relations but i think that kind of thing is more and more difficult there uh, you know it, i think Unfortunately, this this uh, administration's uh, top priorities not music and culture is not one of them, <laughs> uh, not not one of the priorities. But uh, I think band the band and bands in general. I mean, Scottish pipe bands, either in Mexico or in Argentina, because there's bands all over the place, will find challenging is is how to ensure that they have they have the 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 means to to have fundraising events and that people are willing to, to support their, their local pipe bands. And then this is, this is a call also to, to people in Mexico who, who, who want to see a Mexican pipe band, you know, attending, attending this kind of international events. And, and that, that we always welcome, we always welcome their, their, their support. And, their, and we have been lucky in, in the past that we've had support from, from organizations like the St. Andrew Society, of course, is one of our main, Main, main benefactors, but of course the British Society as well, the British Embassy, the British Council. So I think that there is there is a way forward. Um, the main challenges, of course, are when we have new members joining the band. Is of course we have to give them the appropriate kit, you know, uniforms and equipment, um, and uh, and it's also a challenge uh, for. This is part of part of our Mexican culture is is that when you do music, I mean, musicians in Mexico are a bit, a bit uh, self-taught. And this changes with, with piping, specifically pipe bands in, in general, is that there's a system that you need to adapt to. The, the, the system will not adapt to you. You have to adapt to the system. And uh, in terms of, you know, you have band practices every week. Uh, you have to attend and be, be punctual. And that kind of is kind of a challenge for for people who first see this as a hobby, and it is a hobby to a, to a, to a, to an extent, but but it's also uh, something that that has to be done properly, and so that's where you find that, yeah that that people that are joining find challenging, you know, especially the younger ones, and all of a sudden they're in this kind of it's not a military organization, but it it does have certain discipline, and you have to have. Uh, you, you have to have your your kit, your uniform, in, in, in well, in in good condition, and it has to be, you have to look smart. You have to dress dress and and look the part. And um, of course, we do a lot of uh, drilling for for the for the guys in, in the band drilling, which is as as they as they say in the in the in the UK military, square bashing, where you you have to march up and down the up and up and down the the square or the parade ground. And uh, just to get things in, in, you know, get people to get used to what, to know exactly what they're doing. And, uh, and that's where you have to make sure you're not the weakest link. You know, you're, you, got, you have to make sure that everybody's doing exactly uh, what, what they have to do in, 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 in the appropriate way. Because that's, that's, that's the other aspect of when we started this, when we started the band, we, we knew that we had to, that we had to um, perform or we had to execute everything the way they do it in Scotland. So be, to be taken seriously when we go to competitions either in Canada or in Scotland or the United States. I mean, and that's one thing that I think also makes, makes us proud is that, that they've recognized that. I mean, bands in Ireland and in Scotland say, oh, you, have, you, do, you, you look smart. You, look, you, know, you do the, the marching very well, better than us. So it's it's uh, I guess it's part of the the military influence that we we've had with both Pipe Major Angus McDonald. We had we had uh, Pipe Sergeant Greg uh, Gordon, who was here with the St. Andrew Society for a few years, 
and exactly the same time that the band was preparing to go to Scotland and, and its uh, first competition there. So he, he was with the Scots Guards and he helped us out quite a bit and uh, how to look smart, how to look smart on parade and how to, you know, because I think the musical side was very well taken care of by our previous pipe major, Ernesto Gongora, who is, uh, he's still with the band, but he's now in, he's been in Ireland for a couple of years so far. And I think he's going to stay there. He's, he did his master's degree. And that's another thing we're very proud of is to, is that someone from the band, when he started very young with the band, he started when he was 15. And uh, he's managed, he's a professional and a very accomplished musician. And uh, he did his master's degree in, in Irish music in, in uh, Limerick University in, in Ireland. And, they, and he's finished that and he's still there. And, uh, and we wish him the best and hopefully, and that's one of the things that we're very proud of that someone like, like Ernesto is out, is out uh, showing the world how, how, how Mexican musicians can perform and outperform the uh, Scottish and, and Irish musicians. <laughs> yeah, we all miss Ernesto. Yeah. He's, but we're very glad he's doing so well. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And, uh, and he's one of the, you know, one of the main uh, reasons that the band has also attained a, a high standard of music, musicality. Thanks, thanks to him. So do you have like a, a message for listeners on how they can support the band if they're interested in doing so? Yeah, well, I mean, there's two ways of supporting band is one directly. I mean, they can, they can, um, they can support us through, through the St. Andrew Society or directly to the, the, Saint, the, the, the band. Uh, uh, they can write to us. Uh, we have an email, which is contacto.bandadegaitas uh, at gmail.com. Uh -huh. Or they can contact us through the St. Andrew Society, which is contact.standrewsmexico uh, at gmail.com. It's a bit complicated, the name, but, but uh, it's, it's on the, the website that I think is going up soon. And so people will, will they can either give us direct donations there. Uh, and uh, um, we have a, a PayPal system but the other way they can they can support the band is is uh, the band sometimes has has these uh, fundraising events sometimes we do them along with the saint andrew society we do kaylees we do concerts and people can attend those those events and uh, and i'm sure the, that once this pandemic lockdown is over we'll we'll start again with with probably a, a kaylee or two or a whiskey tasting or two and uh, people by, by going to these events is, is one way of, of supporting the band. And, uh, and of course, you, you, we, we're, we're, we welcome any kind of support that, that people would, would like to give us. And, uh, and uh, well, yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's uh, we're very happy to, to accept uh, people's support. And, you know, I'm sure this, this podcast will be heard from, from we heard worldwide, not only in Mexico, Hopefully. <laughs> uh, we have a lot of followers. Uh, I think the St. Andrew Society has a lot of followers in Scotland and uh, in the U.S. and in Canada, but especially in Scotland. Uh, just recently, there's a, I, I was mentioning Greg, uh, um, no, sorry, it wasn't Greg, it was Graham, Graham Caulfield, who, who, uh, who had been my first instructor. And he recently and his wife got in touch through the St. Andrew Society uh, Facebook page and um so yeah it's been it's i think it's been like 30 years we haven't seen them so probably next time we we see them we'll we'll next time we go to the tattoo we'll probably see them uh, and because they live they live near uh glasgow i think that's like the greatest thing about technology isn't it that we can like yeah. touch yeah, with people all over the world yeah. and like reconnect reconnect exactly yeah we've reconnected with a lot of people um uh, we have also one of our, our first mentors, which were uh, Muriel, Muriel and Alan McIntosh, they were chiefs of the St. Andrew Society back in, Alan was chief in 1982, right? no, 81, sorry, which was the year when, when Pep and I joined. He was chief and his wife, Muriel, she was doing, she was a dance instructor. And then the next year she became the chief. And I'm sure they're going to be listening to this uh, podcast. And it's a, uh, it's 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 fun how we've reconnected through the through Facebook and through all the new social 
networks. Uh -huh. They were actually at the tattoo when, when, when we performed at the Edinburgh tattoo. They traveled, because they live in England, but they traveled to, to Edinburgh just to see the, the Mexicans from, 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 the Saint, uh, from the pipe band performing at the Edinburgh tattoo. So I, I guess it was a very special moment. And, and uh, we actually did, did meet, meet up with them and, uh, uh, in Edinburgh. So it was quite, they were quite happy and we were quite happy <laughs> to see them. Oh, that's nice. Well, thank you very, very much for joining us today. We learned a oh, lot. It's been a, it's been a pleasure. I hope I didn't ramble on too much. <laughs> no, we learned a lot and, and it's been like a, a wonderful chat. So do you have anything, any additional thing you want to say? Or shall we say goodbye now? No, well, I think, I think everything that's been, has, has had to be, be had to say, we, we've said it, everything's been said and done. And, uh, I hope that we can, we can when, when the lockdown is over, that people can come in and join us and, and listen to the band. The band, uh, in normal times, plays once a month at the Exconvento Churubusco, uh, the first Sunday of every month at five o'clock. So uh, you, can, you can check that uh, on, our, on our Facebook pages, Banda de Gaitas, El Batallón de San Patricio. You can check... Uh, our schedules uh, when we when we start performing again in public, uh, and once that, once it's safe to do so, we 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 would be, we would love to have people, and of course this is a free event. People can can come and 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 listen to the band and and talk to the guys in the band. And another thing is that anybody who's interested in learning how to play the pipes, they can also contact us, um, and uh, we have uh, several instructors that are that more enabled to more more than enabled to. Uh, to teach, uh -huh. we have several people in the band that, that do that uh, do teach, and including pipes and drums. So, anybody interested, uh, just they can contact us as well. Okay, perfect. We'll make sure yeah. that everyone has the contact details. So, yeah, thank you so much. Excellent. Well, thank you, Tanya. Uh -huh. so we'll see you next time. And good Please luck and and and. Uh, Congratulations for this, this wonderful uh, project of the podcast of the St. Andrew Society. Thank you. We're Mexico. very excited about it. We have uh, very high hopes that this will be a, you know, a nice project to like, uh, let the world know more about what we do. And, yeah. well, subscribe, everyone, subscribe, subscribe. <laughs> and, and, of course, I'm, I was very... Very honored, very honored to be the, the first, the first one, uh, the, the guinea pig, <laughs> the guinea of, pig. Of the project. Our first guest. You'll... Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, that was all for today. Thank you so much for joining us and listening to this episode of the St. Andrews podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. If you did, make sure to subscribe and tell your friends. Please feel free to visit our social media and leave us a comment. See you next time.